Welcome to Devotions in the Deep End. I'm Cam Buchanan, and this is a carefully crafted devotional journey through the New Testament. Let's venture into deeper water as we consider what it means to follow Jesus in the world we live in now. Welcome back to Devotions in the Deep End. In this episode, we will complete a thought that began two episodes ago. To get the whole picture, it's worth going back to listen to episodes 65 and 66. Now that you've gone and done that, let's read on and complete the parable that Jesus is speaking out. It's found in Luke chapter 15, verses 25 to 32. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So the father and all the household is celebrating the return of a son previously thought of as dead and gone. And the older son is absolutely livid. And not without cause either if you consider the human element of all this. I mean, while the younger brother is off doing his run of self-destruction, the older son stayed put. It's not like he hadn't thought of doing the same thing, but he'd made the choice to stick around and be faithful. One day, his inheritance would come, and he would be okay with that. He was certainly grieved and saddened when the brother took off, and that grief cycle had taken him on an emotional roller coaster at times, as all separations do. There's every chance he's even moved on to a degree. The longer his brother was away, the less frequent the rumors and reports came in about his whereabouts. And as a result, the likelihood of him ever being found was greatly reduced. So imagine the shock when he found out the brother was still alive and had returned. Imagine the even bigger shock when he came home and everybody was partying hard on his account. They even started without him. He would be understandably upset with what he's seeing here. And it's also suddenly quite clear to the father just how this older son feels right now. In the son's eyes, the father has some explaining to do. And the conversation between the two is really interesting. Perhaps something along these lines. What's up, son? He's back. What do you mean, he? That son of yours. He takes what you give him, abuses his freedom, chooses an immoral lifestyle and ends up with nothing because he made dumb choices. And when he gets back, you party. Meanwhile, I've been faithful. I've never strayed. I've been obedient and I've been patient. Where's my party for that? Where's my fatted goat for a feast with friends? Where's my blessing? Where's my reward? What do I really have to show for all my devotion and dedication when you celebrate so hard for him? If you've been a believer for a significant period of time, the attitude being presented in this part of the parable can really hit us where we live. This part of the parable was told for a purpose. You remember the setting from the last two episodes, right? 
Jesus is at a table with rougher locals with questionable vocations. These vocations came at the expense of other things in community, particularly the ability to worship God in more sacred ways and places. The Jerusalem temple, of course, but the local village synagogue as well. These were clearly the prodigals of the parable. They've been trained to think they're not worthy to be received as sons or daughters by God. They are ritually unclean on an ongoing basis. They mix it up way too much with the world to be any other way. If they want the Father's mercy, then doing so in the shadows or mere vicinity of God seems to be the only possible way. It's like if they were ever to seek God, it would likely to be in the posture Jesus offered with the young son. Can I kind of be well around you? Can I be a servant? Can I be a background player in this heaven deal? Is even that level of closeness possible? But there are other people in Jesus' audience as well, right? There's the religious types who are criticizing Jesus for seemingly hanging out with the degenerates. They know they messed up, but they still seem to have a posture of seeking, but religion and its system blocked them from looking any further. It's kind of ironic that the closest they were able to get to God was, well, Jesus. Let the mystery of that sink in for a moment. The sneering, judgmental religious folk are clearly the oldest son in this parable. If Jesus is from God, they believe he should be focusing his attention on them. He should be addressing the bigger issues like rubber stamping their legalism and agreeing with their nationalism. They expect him to be validating their relentless pursuit of holiness. They expect to be the blessed ones. They want their pat on the back, their celebratory goat, as it were. But for Jesus, the real celebration is in the returning prodigals and the found sheep. In the parable, the older son complains to the father, that son of yours, that young degenerate, has returned and you're making a bigger song and dance about him than my faithfulness. The father offers an interesting response to that. Well, son, that son of mine just happens to be that brother of yours. Did you notice that when I read the passage? I feared he was dead. I feared he was lost. I felt pain every day because I gave him freedom to do what he wanted and he ran away from me the first moment he got. Every night I watched the driveway only to find he didn't return moved me more than you will ever know. So when he came back, my joy was huge. As for you, you live continually under my care and all that I have is yours now. You can walk down the street and in my name, because of who I am, doors open for you and favor is extended to you. You are not just you, you are my son. And being my son causes you to live in constant privilege. You enjoy more blessing than you know. But since you're in that close relationship with me, surely you would know what has consumed me all this time. Surely you would know that which mattered most to me. Surely you've felt my heart and seen what I've been looking out for. If you know me, you'll know what I've looked out for has returned. And if I'm celebrating, you should be too. So let's consider this for ourselves now. In the early 1900s, the great Methodist preacher Samuel Chadwick once read this passage in his church, followed by this introduction to his sermon. The first son, by disobedience, broke his father's heart. Then there was the second son, who kept the father's law, but had no sympathy for the father's heart. But I propose to you this morning about the third son in this story, the son of the father, who both kept the father's law and understood the father's heart. He is the one who uttered this story, who was able to reveal the whole truth concerning God in the presence of derelict humanity and to make possible the restoration of the lost. 
The Third Son analogy might challenge us a little, but Chadwick's intro is simply a poetic way of considering the way God works, making the point that Jesus is the true Son who knows what the Father's heart really is like. The sons in the parable are clearly not divine, and yet they are expected to know the Father quite well anyway. Romans 8.15 shows us that every lost sinner who comes to repentance does so through the spirit of adoption, and they become co-heirs with Christ in the kingdom of God. This means every single person coming to repentance, be it our own kids who know better and are finally coming home again, or those who have never heard the gospel till now and receiving it gladly, are going to be celebrated by the Father. And going by this parable, the other son is supposed to be part of the festivities. Jesus, the eternal son, is. The father is. So should we. But sometimes us long-timers in faith can slip into older son thinking. Hints of disdain can slip in. Hints of judgment can appear. Cynical remarks, mocking thoughts or sweeping statements about the sinful world around us can betray a sense of unbelief at their ability to even hear the gospel, let alone receive it. If we're not careful, those thoughts can get even darker, where we take pride in our own righteousness and almost celebrate the world's demise instead of anticipating their return to the Father. Consider the words of the Father in this parable. That son of mine is actually that brother of yours. If there are indicators of older sonship going on in us, we'll forget how to embrace the prodigal as a brother once again. So let me offer this challenge if this is hitting you a little closer to home. Can you get back to that place where you are in tune with the Father's heart, not just His rules? Can you see afresh what it is that captures His heart, that He is in the business of seeking the lost? 2 Corinthians 5 tells us God is in the world even now seeking to reconcile the world to himself through Christ. Can you see him seeking? Can you see him looking down the driveway? Can you see him embracing the smelly and threadbare form that walks in thinking they'll just take up a servant's quarters somewhere? Can you follow him with joy as he brings that person into the family home to party? The challenge for us all is this to really capture the heart of the Father, the way Jesus knew it to be all along, and to follow Jesus in receiving the prodigals as they look to return home. Thanks for tuning in. To stay in touch, like our Devotions in the Deep End Facebook page and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I look forward to catching up next time.